Dobroveče, dobrodošli u najnoviju epizodu Nuggets Europe Srbija podcasta. Nastupamo večeras kao podscenari, pošto naš redovni producent Michael nije sa nama. Radimo emisiju koja nije uživo, nego je snimamo, pa je šaljemo njemu da je doradi da bi ličila na nešto, jer kada bismo vam poslali ovo kako ovde sada izgledamo, to ne bi ličilo. Ninašta, javljamo se još jednom iz četiri studija. U studiju jedan na Ugljenu je naš drug Mislav, u studiju dva u Beogradu je Milan, u studiju tri u Linkovnu u Nebraski je Voja, moje ime je Miroslav, javljam se iz Pančara. Momci, dobroveče. Dobroveče, pozdrav. Kako početi? 3-1 za Clippers. To je ono sa čime trenutno radimo. Nadali smo se da će Nagec da dobiju ovu četvrtu utakmicu. Nije da možda nisu mogli da je dobiju. Uspeli su da zadrže Clippersa ispod 100 poena, što je san Michaela Melona u svakoj utakmici. Ne znam koliki mu je san da pritom ostanu na 80 i nekom poenu kako su ostali na ovom meču. Gledali smo jednu play-off utakmicu koja je više ličila na 80. ili 90. nego na aktualni trenutak u NBA ligi. Jako puno bačenih cigli, jako puno izgubljenih lopti na obe strane, ali Clippersi su iskoristili svoj suvi kvalitet ovoga puta, iskoristili činjenicu da ni Nuggeti nisu nastupili kao pravi tim i dobili su, sada su otišli na prednost koja je nedostižna za sve osim za Nuggetsa, ali tako, Nuggetsi su pokazali ove godine Pa ćemo da krenemo od Mislava ovoga puta. On je rekao u prošloj utakmici, pardon, u prošloj epizodi, da je upravo plan Nageca da izgube tri meča kako bi mogli da odigraju komotno na sedam utakmica kako najviše vole. Mislave, da li ide sve po planu? Tako, ide sve po planu. To je od početka bilo zacrtano. Kao što si ti rekao, kad Nageci gube u zadnje dvije sezone u play-offu 3-1, imaju 100% prolaza te serije. Pa to je to, znaš, sad je klipersima voda u ušima, nagec nemaju nikakav pritisak, ništa ne mogu izgubiti i uhvatimo ih na prepad, jednu utaknicu, drugu i treću i to je to. Dobro. Milane, jel se slažeš sa ovim viđenjem? Ako se ne bi slagao, prepad je najjača stvar u basketu, to svi znamo. Pa to je to u nogometu što kažu, 2-0 je najgore vodstvo, jel? Tako je i u play-off seriji 3-1. Naravno da se slažem da Denver ima šanse da prođe. Clippers je ništa manje ne bi zasluženo bilo da Denver vodi sad 3-1, umrsto što Clippers to čine. Tako je bilo i sinoć. Gubili su 19 ili 18 razlike u jednom trenutku. Stigli su to, izjednačili su nas. Ne znam koliko je bilo tačno, da li 78. I od tada je sve krenulo nizbrdo. Ali ja sam i dalje, ne znam, verujem da će da Denver može da pobedi sledeću utakmicu, što bi rekli kao i protiv Jute, utakmica po utakmicu. Ne volim, ne volim Clipperse, ne sviđa mi se njihov stil igre. Nemoguće, ne znam na koju foru su uspeli da izvučupaju. Ajde ovu sad utakmicu, ali ono prošlo još mi nije jasno kako su uspeli da izvuku. Tako da se ipak nadam da će timska igra pobediti, ako bude bilo tima, eto. 
da se izrada, eto, da stavim to malo neki, neki, neki kao veo sumlje na neke situacije koje su se izrašavale nakon utakmice, ali nećemo sad o tome neka, neka nas, neki, neki, neki drugi put. Vojo, ne može se reći da su Nageti izgubili ovaj meč u odbrani, definitivno su bili dovoljno dobri u odbrani u današnje vreme zadržati protivničku ekipu na 94-95 pojena je sasvim dobar učinak, međutim, napad je onaj koji je zaribao kroz celu ovu sezonu, mi smo videli da Nageti ili igraju dobru odbranu ili igraju dobar napad na početku sezone kada smo svi kritikovali Nikola Jokića za, za loši početak sezone, Nageci su uporno dobijali meč za mečem igrajući kvalitetnu odbranu, onda su potom negde u decembru, januaru mesecu pol milca povredio, pa je njihova odbrana otišla niz vece šolju, međutim, napad je istog trenutka eksplodirao, možda baš zbog toga što pol milca nije bio u postavi, ili prosto nije mogo da deli minute sa Tori Kregom, ili, ili to su, to su Jerry Harrisom, ili, ili, takva, ili takva neka situacija. Vojo, da li su Klipersi potpunosti pročitali napad Nageca i da li imaju sada odgovor na sve što Nageci mogu da bate? Pa, tako se čini, 3-1 je, je velika razlika i ne samo što 3-1 razlikuje se ova serija od Jute, baš u toga što protiv Jute Denver bio taj koji je odstupio terenu njihove neke igre Ovde se vidi da se, da se oni trude i da, da se bore s tim stilama, nekako mi izgleda kao da pokušavaju da se održavaju u jakoj bojici, uh, u bojici reke. Uh, definitivno se vidi da mogu da igraju, prvo druga utakmica je pokazala da pogotovo kako klipe si zanemare i, i ove pocene ekipu Denvera da, da, da mogu da i to lako da pobede treća utakmica, držali su pod kontrolom, ali uvek je, uvek je na toj nekoj granici na ivici noža. Ako se, nešto, ako se jedna stvar desi, preći će na poraz ili na pobedu. Ja mislim da je samo, da je samo dokaz da Denver nije ekipa koja može dosvoji ako nešto ne ide, kako, ako jedna do dve stvari ne ide kako treba. Ako njih mora da bude 100%. Klepresima ne ide sve kako treba, ali dalje imaju kvalitet i iskustvo da, 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 da mogu i uprkos tome ove pobede utakmice u pogotovo sa Denverom, a vidjeli smo i sa Dallasom kako je bilo. Uh, što se tiče odbrane Clippersa i napada Denvera, nije toliko da su oni pročitali uh, šta, šta Denver radi. Mislim, vrlo jednostavno, ove, to su komentari neki bili posle utakmice da, da je Denver i na drugim nekim emisijama kako Denver u poslije vreme igra samo pick and roll igru sa Jamalom i Jokićem jer to funkcioniše u većini situacija. Ovdje je problem što su Klippersi odlučili da, da zatvori Jokića, da udvajanjem u trajanju natraju njega da bude asistent, ali ne samo što će onda doda loptu, nego kome da doda loptu. Znaju da mogu Džamala da čuvaju jedan i jedan, jer imaju dovoljno, dovoljno dobra seta, kako bi rekli, pogotovo u Patrick Beverly, u koji, da moram, moram da odam za njega sada neka digresija, on je jedan od tipi igrača koji je dosta hvata na galamu i, i ima tu neku reputaciju u ligi kao što je Westbrook rekao, prevario je sve da je dobar defensivni igrač i dosta dobija uh, hand checkova uh, od sudija da propuštaju mu te neke stvari koje su koje bi u normalnim situacijama neki igrači dobijali kao, uh, svirane kao falove. Što tiče napada Denvera, jednodimenzionalni su to, u toj situaciji kad igraju pick and roll i uh, de, samo igrači koji su ostali sami na šutu ne mogu da pogode. 
i to je problem. I to ne samo što ne mogu da pogode, nego zavaraju u nekim situacijama, pogađaju sve što šutnu, a onda nekad ne mogu da pogode 3-4 za redom. I onda to potpuno remeti ceo ritam igre i onda Clippers im još daje potvrdu da to što rade je dobro. Da Jokeće treba zaustaviti, u stvari oni ni Jokeće ne zaustavljaju u potpunosti, nego samo remete ritam celog napada time što će da nateraju igrače kao Tori Craig, Jeremy Grant koji se troši odbrani, Monte Morris čak koji nije spota trojkaš, on može da da trojke, ali ne konstantno kao što se to očekuje od Jamal Mareja. I tu nekako Denver od jednom u drugi utakmice gde je sve teklo kako treba, sada su došli dotle da je opet pitanje da li njihov napad funkcioniše, da li je ovaj sistem dobar, šta će da bude budućnost Denvera, tako da Zato mislim da Denver tu stepenicu ispod šampinjonske ekipe još uvek, jer ova pitanja se i dalje postavljaju kod njih. Uvek ima taj neki rollercoaster, da li je to dovoljno dobro, da li problem je u povredama, stalno igrači od kojih se očekuje najviše imaju neke povredi, ne mogu ni da budu na terenu, da pomognu, partom fali, ali opet on već drugu godinu za redom u playoffu je povređen, tako da koliko njega stalno može da se očekuje kada opet zamaže oči navijačima, da kao, e, pa De Barton tu, i svaki godin, e, pa De Barton tu, ali on nikad nije tu i ne možemo ni da očekujemo onda od Denvera da bude ekipa u punom potencijalu kada ne postoje ti igrači na terenu. Opet, situacija sa Porterom, da ćemo da pričamo to, ali ne, nije ni bitno, jer to nije vezano za teren, ali eto, i građanje njegovog samopouzdanja i rušenje samopouzdanja toku sezone, minuti koje on dobija, ne dobija, Opet i to sada pokazuje se koliko je to, kad gledamo retrospektivi, pogrešna situacija je bila i sa njim. Tako da onako sve neko džumbus koji Denveru od utakmice do utakmice se menja. Znači pričali smo posle treće utakmice kako je sve ok, kako Denver može da igra sa Clippersima, odjednom smo sada došli do toga da je opet kataklizma u ekipi i dalje slačionica kako treba, da li je malo on dobar trener. Samo zato što, eto, mislim da još nisu na tom stepeniku da bude ekipa kao Clippers i kada ne ide da oni mogu i dalje da igraju. Eto, ono sam duže, ali nekako zato što je cijel džumbus u pitanju. Da, definitivno izgleda da su nagici, kad već pričamo o tome da su jedan stepenik ispod najjačih ekipa u ligi, nisu oni toliko daleko, njima fali jedan čovek, jedan pouzdani napadač na koga će moći da računaju U svakome trenutku. Jer u... Za razliku od... Zapravo, u zavisnosti od toga kakvi su matchupi u određenoj play-off seriji, potrebni su nam različiti igrači koji bi mogli da prebrode glavne prepreke. U prvoj seriji imali smo situaciju protiv Jute da je Jokić igrao protiv jednog od najboljih defezivnih igrača u celoj ligi. A on superstar kakav jeste i pored svih kritika na njegov račun zbog toga što ja ne znam šta su ljudi očekivali kakvu dominaciju od njega, on je završio tu seriju sa 26 pojena, 8 skokova i 5 asistencija u proseku možda smo očekivali više asistencija, ali to je prosto bilo kako je Jute igrala odbranu na njemu da bi Jamal Mare imao ogorman prostor protiv veoma niskih pekova Jute jer ni Conley ni Mitchell pa čak ni Royce O'Neill nisu ni visoki, ni dovoljno visoki, ni dovoljno čvrsti odrumeni igrači da ga zadrže i onda je bilo dovoljno da Jokić izvuče Gobera 
na liniju za tri poena da Mare može da pravi dar Mare. Onda smo došli u drugu seriju gde sada imamo dosta dobar metod za Jokić, iako Ivica Zubac je podsednjen i odrobeni igrač, on je u stvari dosta dobar čuvar sobstvenog obruča, ali objetno gledano nije na nivou jednog Rudi Gobera i naravno Jokić odmah mnogo bolje dominira u takvom mečapu, ali sad imamo situaciju sa Džamalo Marejem koji je suviše nizak i suviše spor na prvom koraku da bi mogao da prolazi ogromne pekove koje Kripper se stavljaju ispred njega. Kada bi imali trećega igrača, ja ne kažem da to obavezno mora biti Michael Porter, ali definitivno je Michael Porter prototip igrača koji bi mogao da bude treća vrsta napadača u ovoj ekipi, dakle dečko visok 210 sa vrhovskim šutem za tri poena, odličan u skoku, vrlo agresivan i na svom obruču i na protivničkom obruču, ali da li ćemo da dočekamo da on bude taj treći igrač ili neće, to ćemo da vidimo možda već koliko sutra uveče. Pre nego što pređemo na sledeći segment, ja bih zamolio Voju, ako može da raskopča ovaj dukser koji ima na sebi, pošto vidim da ispod njega viri majica, umetničko delo autora Erika Vidama, D-Line Koa iz DNVR Nuggetsa. Pogledajte tu divnu majicu, podržimo Nuggetsa i u trenucima kada ne ide sve kako treba i kada su na ivici Ambisa, jer nemojte zaboraviti, nije to prvi put da su bili na ivici Ambisa, sledeća utakmica će biti čak četvrta po redu koja je za njih win or go home, kako kažu amerikanci. Vidjet ćemo da li će nastaviti taj niz uspešnih nastupa takvim mečevima. Htio bi da se samo malkice dotaknemo ove situacije sa Michael Porterom nakon nakon utakmice, odnosno na konferenciji za medije. Naime, Michael Porter je u prvom polovremenu dao 15 pojena i štini mi se šest šuteva iz igre. Bio je zaista dobar i jedina prava pomać Nikoli Jokiću u prvom polovremenu. Međutim, u drugom polovremenu je imao samo dva šute u trećoj četvrtini i nijedan u četvrtoj četvrtini, iako je odigrao sasvim solidne minute u drugom polovremenu, ako se ne varam, da li 18 ili 20 minute je odigrao u drugom polovremenu, nije uopšte da je bio van van igre u smislu da je sedao na klupi, ali jeste bio van igre u napadu, jer ga je lopta veoma redko pronalazila i Ruki od 22 godine je rešio da je njemu svega dosta i da mora da nešto kaže. Odnosno, da odgovori na pitanja koje su novinari poslali, znate, novinari nisu prijatelji igrača, oni nisu tu da ih zaštite od neprijatnih pitanja, nego upravo naprotiv da im poslaju neprijatno pitanje, da vide kako će da se snađu u tim situacijama. Porter, čini mi se, nije imao dovoljno časova iz public relationshipa koje NBA igrači obavezno prolaze kako bi... Jer to sad nemoj da se lažemo, to su momci koji dobro šutiraju loptu i brzo trče i visoko skaču. Nisu to obavezno visoki intelektualci koji će znati prirodno kako da se postaje prema medijima. Uče oni njih puno šta treba da rade i kako treba da rade, ali Michael Porter očigledno nije baš mnogo poslušati. Mislove, šta se desilo na toj konferenciji? Šta je to on podelio sa novinarima? Novinari su ga pitali manje više za njegove minute i to je zašto je slabiji mu učenak u drugom polovremenu. On je čak i pristavno govora, nije direktno napao Malona, ali je bilo očito na što misli. Dakle, rekao je da 
se i drugi igrač trebaju uključiti ovoga u broj šuteva koji uzimaju, a da ne ide sve samo na Džamala i na Nikolu, iako rekao oni jesu naši glavni igrači i najbolji, ali da bi pobjedili ekipu poput Flippersa, ne možemo biti toliko predvidljivi, nego moramo uključiti druge igrače, pritom najveše misleći na sebe. Sad, što se mene tiče, ha, gle, ono, nije, to, nije to ni krivo ni pravo, šta ja znam, ono, ima svom pravo buniti, samo mislim da je to trebao riješiti u slačionici jedan na jedan sa trenerom, a ne ovako u medijima. Sad ćemo da čujemo dve različite, pretpostavljam, perspektive od, od Milana i Voje. Milane, šta bi se desilo da je Michael Porter to uradio kao igrač Željka Obradovića u Fenerbahče ili u Paratinajkosu ili zašto ne u Partizanu? Pa da je, vjerovatno je dobio batine pred svim kamerama ima, isto, isto, znači ne, ne, ne bi ga spasilo ništa, sigurno. Pa ne znam, vjerovatno bi završio svoju, svoju igračku karijeru u tom klubu koji vodi Željko, Željko Bradović, jer, mislim, ne znam. Ne znam kako, ja složio bi se sa Mislavom da, da on nije dečku što je rekao, nije ništa pogrešio. Jer mi svi znamo da je koliko god, koliko god da je on u odbrani nije, nije uopšte dobar, napadu daje tu neku, neku šta znam, ostricu. I nije on kriv, nije on po meni malo kriv za, za situaciju, sinoći dobro ljudi znaju koga ja krivim i... I, ali nije on tema, taj, taj čovjek nije tema trenutno ovaj, ovoga, ovoga podcasta. Svoji dvojica su. Ovaj, ali ne znam, ne znam šta će se desiti sa njim. Nije trebao to da kaže, jer znajući kaki su, mislim, znajući kaki su ovaj, novinari tamo i Twitter i ova socijalne mreže, to je otišlo u etar baš, baš puno. I ta jedna, jedna osoba koju ja krivim za sve to, verovatno to nije lepo primila, tako da ne znam, vidjet ćemo šta, šta će se desiti sa, sa Michael Porterom. Toliko. Sada ja se pitam, Bojo, živimo u vremenu ovoga player empowermenta, kako kažu amerikanci, znači igrači dobiju sve veće i veće moć unutar klubova, posebno superstarovi. Da li si ti očekivao da se ovako nešto može desiti Pogotovo sa, sa jednim rukijem, kakav god je talent u pitanju. Pa nije čudno, nije mi bilo čudno da može se desiti, pogotovo što ova era je malo škakljiva ove, i, i to je opet, kažem, mač sa dve oštice. Oće NBA da daje igračima moć da se odlučuje za sebe, da, rad, da, da se brinu o sebi, sve je to okej, okay, ali onda postoje ovakve situacije kada, kada onda ne, ne nauče se pravilno kada treba da istupe na javnu scenu i kada ne, u, ovo nije neobično ako je to ruki New York Knicksa ili, ili Atlante ili tako neke ekipe koje, su, koje je on bio prvi pik i na njemu je budućnost i onda od njega se očekuje da bude vokalni vođa i da, da on, da on i proziva i trenere i sve mislim što ne bi op- nigde trebalo da bude slučaj, ali to se više toleriše kada je ekipa koja nema ovako dva igrača kao što su Jokić i Marej koji su već, pogotovo Marej ajde da kažemo da Marej nije pokazao ono što je pokazao protiv Jute da je samo Jokić u pitanju pa da kaže da će on da se doći da se isturi da bude ove njivojice su glavna ekipa, oni prolaze već druge godine za redom u drugu rundu play-offa, nije na mesto da, on, da daje takve komentare i, i može će biti grublji nego, nego i Milan u ovoj situaciji ja sam uvek bio za, za neku lealnost kod ekipa i, i, da, i ekipe da budu kod igrača u ovoj, u ovoj situaciji ja nemam problem ni kod koliko god je Tori Craig i loš i, i Milsev da loš, 
ekipa pokazuje vernost prema njima. Michael Porter ovde nije pokazao vernost prema ekipi koja je rizikovala na njemu. 13. ekipa, doduše 12. ekipa, dva puta Clippersi su njega preskočili i ko zna gde bi pao i u koju ekipu i u kakav sistem bi upao, možda bi ga i terali da krene ranije da igra. Denver mu je dao svako svaki minut slobodan, svaku slobodu i prožio mu je mogućnost da se rehabilituje na pravi način, da se ne vrati, pre nego što je potpuno spreman. Jesu ove godine malo lošije njega ubacivali u ekipu, pokušali da ga integrišu, to stoji. I to opet na treneru, ali opet je to problem uraditi u godini kada pokušavaš na ovakvom zapadu da uzimaš što bolje mesto da bi igrao kod kuće u play-offu što više utakmica i kada imaš ekipu koja funkcionisa, jer ok, on bi uzimao možda Tori Kregove minuta, ali problem je imao i Barton je tu i kada sad pričamo sad opet o povredama, neće da prolazi ponovo, ali ovo nije bilo primereno kad je došlo do ESPN-a koji prenosi Denver jednom u četiri meseca vesti koje nisu vezane za neke highlight-ove Jokića, nešto, kada je ta vest bila jednog glavnih tema na džampu da li je to ok što je Michael Porter rekao i kada je došlo znači da to nije dobro, kad se Damian Lillard uključio u celu priču i potpuno je bio pravo jer on je jedan od tih igrača koji je veran svoje ekipi i vođa, kada nije ovo i sve komentare koje sam čuo i pomislio kada sam imao te komentare posle takmice ne treba to raditi pred medijima kogoda je isfrustriran i neiskusan, sve je to ok to su stvari za svačionicu, znači nebitno, on je smirano to sve rekao i nije ništa pogrešno u suštini rekao, ali to je rekao pred ljudima koji će to da naprave kao vest. Uspeli su oni, mislim, mediji su napravili vest od toga da Jokić, da izgledalo kad Jokić pitao šta znači flailing, bacakanje na engleskom kada nije razumeo reč, oni su toga napravili da on time prokomentarisao kako šta je to Fleming, on to ne zna za tu reč, Patrick Beverly Lupa, a u stvari je bilo samo pitanje u prevodu engleskog. Znači, kada mediji dotle dolaze, ti daš njima ovakvo batak pun mesa da mogu da prave svakakve nagađenja, svakakve priče, da se sad sumnje u Malonovo, držanje slačionica, do prekjuče je sve bilo ok, Maloni je bio odličan što ima povrenje u Michael Portera da završava utakmice. Jednom dva minuta konferencijom za štampu rušiš sve što se do sada gradilo u Denveru, izazivaš sumnju sada predsednika tima u svog trenera, da li on ima tu slačionicu pod kontrolom ili ne, preispituješ sada Jokića koji vrlo dobro znamo da je tip koji može sledeći utakmicu da kaže Evo ti sve lopte koje on može da ima u rukama će da da Michael Porteru da kaže dobro, pobedi nam ti utakmicu ako misliš da ja ne mogu i da Mari ne može i da uzme tri šuta i da ga boli ovo i da ode kući u Sombor i da uživa u jeseni u Vojvodini. Tako da ti je, znači, mnogo loša situacija i stvarno, što kako Žeka Bradovića u Evropi završalo bi ili sledeću utakmicu ne bi ni ušao u igru ili bi momentalno bio otpušten ili tradovan, nebitno koliko je potencijal, ali ovo je ipak NBA i preće biti to da će malo onda snosi odgovornost cele priče nego što će Michael Porter. Hvala ti. Složio bih se sa svime što si sada rekao. Izgubio sam misle u trenutku Ne bih se mnogo više zadržavao na ovoj utakmici, prosto situacija je takva kakva jeste, 3-1 je 
Rezultat moraju da dobiju tri utakmice jednu za drugom, odnosno da dobiju šest utakmica za redom u kojima mogu da ispadnu da bi se nekako dogegali do finala zapada. I u petoj utakmici ćemo pričati upravo sada, ali ćemo pozvati specijalnog gosta da nam se pridruži. U pitanju je naš kolega Nick Herzog sa sajta Denver Stiffs. On je inače autor i ko-voditelj jednog veoma kvalitetnog podcasta koji se zove The Dig, takođe i piše za ovaj članak, za ovaj sajt, ima svoju stalnu rubriku koja se zove Nick's Nuggets. Istina, nisam video u poslednje vreme da je bilo puno izdanja, ali sigurno ćemo ih videti ponovo. Dakle, pričamo o jednom veoma dobrom novinaru sa one strane Atlantika, momku iz Denvera. Sad ćemo da ga primimo u studio. Hello, Nick. How are you? Hey, hey. What's up, guys? Hey, oh, this, this is good. Your audio is working really, really fine. It's Usually when, when we are on, on these Zoom calls, we, we need to wait for a couple of seconds to, to, to get inside. Nick, yeah. uh, I, I gave you a little introduction in Serbian, but please uh, give our listeners a, a piece of, of your uh, voyage uh, as, a, as a journalist that follows uh, Nuggets uh, around the last several seasons that you've been yeah. with the Denver Stiffs. Can you give us a, a, a short story? Sure, about yeah, it? yeah. I just sort of fell into it. I think kind of like you, you did, I think. Uh, we, were, we were just talking on, on uh, my show, The Dig. Um, I guess you probably already introduced that a, a little bit, but I have a podcast called The Dig that we've had for a couple of years, me and a good friend of mine named Jeremy. Uh, and yeah, I uh, started following the, the Colorado Rockies. Actually, I had a, I, I went to college with a guy who was the site manager for Purple Row, which is like Denver Stiff's sister website for the Rockies. Um, and so I started just writing some articles uh, for, for Purple Row, and it was, it was just kind of fun. I had gotten really into baseball, and uh, I, I'm a writer. That's what I went to school for and what I uh, wanted to do for a career. Um, and so he brought me in and I, I, I wrote some stuff there and had some fun with it. And then a friend of mine, uh, Jeremy, that I have the podcast with, he started with Denver Stiffs just kind of by coincidence. He started doing social media for them and they really wanted to amp up their podcasting. And so he asked me if I'd be interested in doing a show. And uh, that was that. We, we, we started our show uh, two seasons ago and it's, it's, we had no idea what we were doing at all. Uh, we just jumped in and tried stuff we like we just tried some stuff that we had seen that we liked from other shows like uh pardon the, the interruption or around the horn on espn if your audience is uh, familiar with those shows uh sort of but we always liked the kind of conversational debate style stuff and we've been friends for a long time so we always had a we, we can we can just talk for an hour about something we're passionate about and fill up time so uh it was wasn't wasn't too bad early on but um, but yeah, we've developed a, a little bit of a following. It's been, I don't know, as you guys will learn, you're pretty, you're, you're just sort of getting rolling. Does anybody here have like podcasting experience or are you all pretty new at this? So we, we all just started it. Yeah. Just thrown out of the plane. <laughs> so this is the best, best way to learn. 
I say is you just, you just got to do it because I don't I don't know what nobody's going to college for podcasting. I don't know. Well, maybe that's a thing. I don't know, but it probably is today. There probably is like a major in yeah. podcasting. Millennials. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, I, I that certainly wasn't around when I was in, in school. So uh, yeah, you kind of just have to have to jump in and see what works. And everybody's personality is a little bit different too. And I think the show will kind of take on a personality as you go along. You'll kind of figure out what works for your your style and your personalities and what kind of content you gravitate toward. Yeah, let me, let me just introduce you to the guys. So on, on the top left, we have Mislav Tsuk, and you might, uh, you might uh, see that his first and last name are quite similar to mine. Right. I'm Miroslav Tsuk, and he is Mislav Tsuk, and he is our friend from Croatia, uh, long-lasting Nuggets fans awesome. since, since the, the days oh, of, so of Carmelo Anthony. Oh, oh, way back. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I did a little half-assed internet research before I came on. Does your last name mean sugar? In English? No. Okay, so Google Translate is completely unreliable. <laughs> Chuk is actually a little owl. Little, little owl. owl. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the smallest owl of them all. Mm. The, the one without, you know, the, the ears. Yeah. But it can be like... Tsukar, Tsukar can be well, sugar. I guess in... I should say. Yeah, yeah, Tsukar is sugar, but 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 Tsukar. Oh, okay. Is gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Okay. We also have. Names... A... Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say my last name's Herzog, so you all are in the presence of royalty. Apparently, that's like a... yeah something in German. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a not royalty. Yeah. We also have here Milan. He is our guy from from Belgrade, actually from Chačak originally, the the great basketball town of Chačak. And we also have Voya here. Voya is actually living in Nebraska right now. The, the hated oh, okay. Nebraska. <laughs> the hated Nebraska. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Did, but don't worry, he's on our or... side. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> I spent okay. some time in Lake McConaughey, Nebraska. It's a big lake. It's pretty. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It's, I mean, the biggest one, I think, right? It's really big, yeah. I don't know. Okay. So enough with the chit chat. We need to get down to the business. We need to talk about the game five of we this. Have to. <laughs> well, we, we kind of we kind of have to, but but if you if you want to pass on the on the question, I won't mind. So so Nick, I will ask you first, and please, guys, just fill in whenever you feel feel so. So my question for you, Nick, is: Is there any difference to where Nuggets go? whether they win game five or lose game five do you hmm. think there is a difference between being uh, in a gentleman's sweep for one or going to for two or for three against the clippers yeah i don't know in terms of like like decisions that will be made in the off season i don't know that anything will change from that one game um i'm just really interested to see how they use mpj in game five i mean in light of his comments after game four uh you know he stirred up some controversy there's some nba players that have called him out now and said it was inappropriate that he basically he basically demanded the ball more he you know he, he said that more players need to be getting involved he didn't say himself specifically but everybody knows that's what he's talking about because <laughs> he's the the only third he's by far the best you know, offensive option after Jokic and murray uh, and and he was hot in the 
in the first half. I mean, he really kept him in the game in the second quarter. He's the only guy that could hit three the entire first half. And he had 15 easy points on eight shots or something and then barely touched the ball in the second half. So in, on substance, I think he was right. And moving forward, I'm just curious to see if, you know, how, how, how does he fit in with, with Jokic and Murray? Are they seeing him? There's, there's always been this thing about him being kind of a diva. This is not helping that sort of rep that he's starting to develop, uh, calling his teammates out as a rookie to the national press. Uh, it doesn't go over well with the alphas in the locker room um, or the coach probably. But yeah, he was right. So I, I, that's, that, <laughs> that's kind of a tough position um, that the team is in now, is that they do need to get him involved more. And they are not going to beat this team unless he's a major part of the offense. They just aren't. It's Murray and Jokic are not enough against the, the three solid perimeter defenders that they can put out. You so, know, uh, yeah. So I guess that's my biggest question moving forward. To answer your question a little more specifically is just: Is there going to be a team chemistry problem after this? Can they all work it out and figure out a way to weave MPJ in next year? And and how do you build around that core of three players who really don't play a lot of defense? You know what you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I just afraid that um, Jokic uh, don't go in the in that he's in that in that phase. You know, and and start uh, throwing the ball uh, to to Michael Porter all all game long. You know, and take only three shots, two maybe. You know, I just afraid of that. Jokic is that. Jokic can do some some silly st- uh, thing like that after after MPJ comment, give that the, give that comments. You know, so yeah, I was just telling Vera, I would I, if they're gonna go out, like if they're gonna lose by twenty the next game, which is probably pretty likely anyway. I would kind of like, I'd, I'd kind of like to see Jokic just like refuse to shoot, just pass them. Yeah, like thirty-five. Yeah, times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just to prove a point. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah. But you know what's the good thing? Uh, Jokic probably didn't see the press conference because he doesn't have any social media <laughs> or right. phone or uh, he has no idea. Uh, <laughs> his, he I can see his phone. reaction. Yeah, I, I can see his reaction. Like someone tells him in the in like the hotel, and he's like, "Oh, he said that." Okay. Yeah. If he just if keeps hurt him over his <laughs> yeah. controller. Oh yeah. Well, the, the the thing with that question is like the the if we you know before the season before the series started, there would have probably been a difference if you say oh four one and four two, uh, if you how you go forward in in the way they played. The difference at three one it. I don't think it will be like it wouldn't matter if they win through a game, you know, game five and then lose game six because they're already down three one and it's pretty much done. If it was two two and they lose two in a row and you say just Clippers get some, you know, had some adjustments and and got you know got it to like a six game series, but you know as as you know two in a row because they're a better team and everything. That's a bit of a different situation and 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 with MPG, yeah, it's it's going to be a problem with. And honestly, I don't even think it, with Jokic. Cause he's not an ego guy. Like he, yeah, he's fine. That. Like, yeah, he's fine with winning. The J- Jamal is going to be the one that's because he was the one that gr- he was grinding to get to the point where he got again, you know, how he was with Utah and earning that contract and everything. And then now, you know, now a kid's going to call him out. I mean, it's not even a kid, but probably like a contemporary, but with like way less experience and, you know, no college experience and just kind of walked into a good team. And Murray was there when, you know, when Jokic were there when they were bad and built them up. Now you just have this kid coming in and be like, "Oh, I want the ball now because why?" And and the, you know it, it, that's going to be tricky going forward between the two of them, especially with you know with the talent that MPJ has. 
he's a budding second best player on the team, even though Murray showed, you know, flashes of 50, but then he shows a flash of 14. So that, that might be interesting moving forward. And then especially as Unique said, like with the deep, with their defense, are we going to completely go, you know, ham and just go, let's go 120, 30 average and, you know, win by five point margin, you know, you know, be the last defensively and first offensively because Jokic can certainly pull that off. It's just that which coach is going to be there to, you know, amen that, you know, that style of play. Cause Malone's certainly not going to let the Denver be uh, 30th defense in the league and the first offense in the league. Yeah. I mean, so. the struggle that they're really having is, you know, how do you win a basketball game, right? You, you score more than the other team. So, so is that, but does that mean that offense is more important than defense? No. No, I think yeah. it is a little bit more important just because good offense generally will beat good yeah. defense. That doesn't mean defense isn't important at all. You can't play no defense and expect to win a championship in this league. And the, the problem the Nuggets are having is they can't get those two things in sync. When they, when they play good defense, they don't have anything left on offense. And when they yeah. play good offense, they don't commit on the defensive end. And that's been really frustrating to watch all year. And I'm not sure what the solution is to that. I don't know if Malone's just lost these guys' year. If, there's, if, if they need like a – an offensive coach to come in and just install some plays and some sets so that it's just not always on them to be, you know, creating offense every time down the, the floor. There's some like reliable plays they can go to other than just the two man game. Cause clearly the two man game alone is not going to cut it against great. No. Okay. Yeah. You wanted to say, no, 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 that's the, well, I said like what the, when you said about losing their ear, that's interesting, especially like looking at game three against Utah, that's where it could like if if Denver loses that series four one, everyone would point would be pointing to that game, especially with Jokic giving up as not giving up that oh I'm I don't want to play this. It's more like I don't believe in this system that we're doing, with like we're not doing anything on offense. Our defense is porous, and we're not changing anything. So what are we just bashing? And he's not the guy you know he's not the Giannis type that says I'm going to run through a wall. Jokic is like okay let's let's jump over a wall and go around it if we can you know, let's be smart about this. So that's where it was interesting. Luckily, we we, we won that series so that, you know, Malone kind of got off the hot seat a little bit. But now with the MPJ comments and how he moves forward, if he benches him completely, he might lose the job just based on MPJ's potential in the future. Um, and then if he completely gives in and, and gives him 40 minutes, <laughs> then it's, then it's oh, you're getting manipulated by your rookies. So that's why that's what we, we talked about in Serbia, and that's what the problem with the comments were because you 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 introduce this problem on top of already these complications that we're going to get into off season with contracts and players and everything. You introduce this uncertainty. Now everyone's going to have more more questions than answers and difficult you know difficult questions that we can't know unless you know off season gets going and and you know the the front office does some things. But it's just like I was as an engineer for me, it was just so we don't introduce more problems. Uh, like if you don't have to go as the simplest way you can and then, you know, work on it, you know, and then you then introduce one variable in and change one thing and try to, you know, trying to go forward from that way, not blow up everything right away. And then especially in MPJ's case, don't just tell the problems to people that are going to use it to make stories and, and, you know, make the whole narrative about it. Now the nuggets that are not, you know, now it seems like Nuggets are not a, a, a team. They're they're a bunch of you know they're two guys with a bunch of bench players that rookies don't like. You know, so that kind of sucks. That that's how it's going to turn out to be. 
Yeah, that's 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 correct. They are not a, they are not a top tier team, definitely. But you know, things could get much worse than that. They're one of only six teams that are still left in the, these playoffs, so it's it's not that bad of a situation. I would agree. Yeah, they're that, the second youngest. So only Boston is younger, and those yeah. are two of the youngest teams in all of the NBA. Yeah, yeah, correct. So uh, I I would expect that may, that maybe Malone will uh, will try to to give some more play for for uh, Michael Porter next game, just because you know Tim Connolly is his boss. Tim Connolly can give him him get his get him fired, and even if he completely loves what Malone is doing, he still has Josh Kroenke on top of him, and if Josh Kroenke says, listen, man. This guy has huge potential. He is the most market, marketable guy of all of our guys. I am not selling, you know, uh, uniforms of Jokic and Murray enough. If I could sell, you know, a million copies of, of jerseys of, of uh, Michael Porter, that would be really good for our business because NBA is a business. It's not. It's nothing. Uh, it's not much more than than, than that. So I guess it's possible that he pushes the narrative on on uh, on Michael Porter and and uh, and uh, make him uh, make him play. You know, uh, I was listening to Matt Moore for, for the last couple of days. He's harping on one thing: the Nuggets are a really really good team that is just not good enough to win a title because they are missing uh, one guy. They only need one guy to to jump over that hurdle. And uh, tell me, Nick, is Michael Porter based on everything we've seen in this bubble from beginning to, to last night? Is he the guy? Or we need to find somebody else? Or maybe, maybe he is not the third guy, but the second guy, and we need to get rid of somebody else, maybe. Oh, spicy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just threw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you asking me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Putting you, putting you on the spot. <laughs> um, you can say it here. You know. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm a court low on coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, like this series would be different with Barton. I, yeah. I think in it already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I'm not saying Barton is the third guy on a like championship team. I think on a championship team, he's like the ideal sixth man. He's the perfect guy to come in off the bench, put up quick points against inferior bench players, uh, provide a spark plug, and be that guy that can be on the court in the fourth quarter that you can trust if he's hot that game, if, he's, if it's a matchup that, that, that suits it. Uh, MPJ is a different kind of talent. I mean, 6'10", and athletic, who can shoot 40% from three is – I, I, what's the list of the comparables there? Uh, it's, you know, Kevin Durant's name gets thrown around a lot. Just when you look at him, when you look at sort of a style of play, his ability to shoot and his length, that's, it, you know, it's kind of obvious why he gets compared there. Now, Kevin Durant is obviously much more accomplished, uh, also a much better defensive player. Although that took him a while too. He wasn't a great defensive player when he was young either. So uh, MPJ has to be, he doesn't have to be. He he's the easy. He's the most likely to be that third star, and as you said, he very well could be the second. I mean, I would I would actually argue he could be the first 
if yeah. uh, Jokic, I think on this team will always be the most important player, like in the way that sort of a quarterback in, in American football is sort of like, you know, he's always going to be the guy that's running the offense. He's always going to have the ball in his hand and everything's going to kind of flow off of him. But, you know, I could see easily see Porter being a 28, 30 point a game scorer in this league uh, and, and being a guy that, that you just, the other team cannot stop. And if he's, if he's clicking, if he's, if he's shooting well, when he learns how to play a little defense, he will be unstoppable. He'll be a Kawhi Leonard or a Kevin Durant or a Steph Curry. Or, you know, there's only so many guys in the league that you can count on that way. So it's going to be him if, if he develops and if he can stay healthy. Uh, the other big question mark with him, how well his back will hold up. Um, but the Nuggets probably would be wise to have some kind of an insurance policy <laughs> to uh, some other third option. You know, which I don't know if that's going to happen through the draft. If you know their their budget is going to be a little bit limited next year, because especially because they're going to have to pay MPJ a max deal pretty soon here, probably after next season, if they want to keep him, um, if he even wants to stay. So, yeah, there's there's some question marks there, but I, I do think I think he could be the guy even as soon as next year. Yeah, so I for him I would you said you know the injuries and that was. Right, honestly, right before last night was probably the biggest. Like, if he get, if he's healthy, because of mm. all this stuff that he had before. For, for me, after last night, and like, especially with the comments during the bubble, and and how he was talking about the pandemic, and now it's with the coaches. It almost feels like if it's in his head, like if he can. Well, like, okay, so you said like 20, 28 to thirty point average, like score. That's probably likely. It's just that if he's gonna be on like a Hawks team and score thirty. 30 points and, you know, just wallow in that eighth spot, seven, eighth spot, and just like be a prolific scorer in the league. Or if he's going to be a part of a mature, if he's going to be a mature enough player to be a part of a great championship team, that's where I think that mentality comes into play. If he's going to care to be a part of a team, not even like, you know, let's say the Nuggets, he can be a number one option here, but he needs to be a mature number one option if you're going to play with Jokic. And you're still going to be, even if you're scoring 30 with Jokic, you're going to be a part of a system, I believe. And that's for me when I'm like, I hope that improves as well. I know he's young and, and less experience and everything. And I hope that he has a good support system and, or, you know, and people to talk to. They're like, this is the mistake that he learns from because it just, it's a rookie mishap. It's not a, it's not a symptomatic thing. Like if he comes out right after the next game, it just repeats the same thing or, or bashes the coaches again, or like it keeps going through the off season. Then that's a problem of just where are you going to plug him in? Is he a Knicks player that they're going to always be on the 10th seed and, and in the lottery and he's going to score 30 and be fine with it because he gets the hype or, or does he want to be a part of a, you know, a San Antonio situation where like you have Kawhi as a mega star in the making that that is an MVP because of defense and how they're playing or you know Denver has potentially said like I mean if he's if he what he what we believe he is Denver can be a Golden State dynasty with the with with a bunch of other players that you can add you know when you bring some veterans in like they did with the Godal and Livingston with MPJ being what we what we hope he is now for me was always now it's the question of does he have that in his in his mind to to mature enough quickly enough to to become that like that just the, I mean how it was last night it just felt a little sour to me even if he does come out and score forty and the Nuggets win still that that feeling in my in my mind is still sour feeling with him at this point maybe I'm negative at this point just because he's fresh 
But as we come, like Milan and I can always say, look, from Balkans, like we have a very old school and traditional mentality. That stuff wouldn't fly. Mm -hmm. Like we, we talked about like Jerko Bradovic, like all these great coaches from, from Yugoslavia, uh, Yugoslavia region. This wouldn't fly. He would be on the bench like momentarily. Like, yeah, like doesn't matter how good you are. Like this is not something yeah. that's acceptable. Like Bogdanovic was the best player in Fenerbahce for a, for a couple of years, like he would get the worst flack from, from Jacko for like one single mistake in a game. And it's like, you learn from that it, for players. Maybe it's not at the moment, the best thing because you feel suffocated sometimes. Right? But as we just have that, we were brought yeah, up with yeah, that. So yeah. Those comments were terrible to like, for, for people that come, like, that's the worst thing you can do as a player. You just undermine your coach publicly and so blatantly. And you're just, and you're still such a, you know, like he, he's just like a good plus minus on, on the box score, but he has a, such a negative effect on defense and, you know, a chaotic effect as well. Is just that you're not at the point of like, you're not Jokic at this point to just call out a guy like that and, and your best two players on top of it and yeah, do it. So, yeah. yeah. To be honest, yeah. I, I think, I don't think, I think Malone is much closer to your sort yeah. of uh, Serbian culture, cultural yeah. expectations that you're describing here. Um, he's more old school too that way um yeah it was i you know if he wasn't so young and if he wasn't like this guy's barely even ever played basketball with a team like this is he 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 got to college you know he had his high school team which he'd do whatever he want in high school you know he could have i don't know he sure he was a big man on campus in high school yeah 38 Um, points a game (laughs) right yeah whatever it didn't he you know he didn't say whatever he wanted in high school that's not on on video uh when he got to college he was hurt almost immediately and never really had to fit into a team or make that work in any way and now he's get, and now he gets thrown into a competitive nba team and put into a playoff situation that's super weird this whole bubble you know uh model is bizarre nobody's ever dealt with anything like this before so i i want to cut him some slack i mean he he is very green like he's a this is a this is a young guy who really doesn't he's not super worldly yet. You know, like he doesn't, uh, he got, he stuck his foot in his mouth, you know, a few times over, you know, uh, uh, different, you know, social things going on recently and stuff like that. He's, he's not quite sure how to like navigate public perception and, and how to get along with his teammates and stuff like that, like you're describing. And so, yeah, all that has to come. I mean, he can't be a star and he can't be a, a championship level, like leader and player until that stuff is there. Yeah. So yeah. How quickly can he develop it? I guess, like, is this playoff series going to be enough for him next year yeah. to be this seasoned vet who <laughs> knows how to handle a tough series against the Kawhi Leonard's and LeBron James's of the world? I probably not, but um, maybe, maybe it's good enough for, you know, maybe he doesn't have to be quite that guy just yet. Uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe we're looking at more like in three or four years, he's kind of the alpha because yeah, yeah. I honestly don't think Jokic even wants to be that. No, he, no, he just wants no. to do his thing. You know, he just wants to yeah. throw the ball around, do his thing, let other guys take credit or get the spotlight. He doesn't care about that yep. stuff. And I, I really love that about him. Um, Jokic, but you kind of need, a, you do kind of need a Murray or a MPJ, though. I think at times too. There, there are times you just have to take the game by the, you know, by the throat, and you just have to want to actually like murder the other team, um, metaphorically, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and Murray and, and MP, I think MBJ has a little bit of that in him too. I mean, the fact that he's got the the balls to go out on in public and 
say the stuff that he did last night. I don't think yeah. I don't think it was like some strategy. I don't think he thought no. it through. I think he was just asked a question and he just answered it honestly because he was honestly like I said before he's probably right. They do need to yeah. be spreading it around more. Uh, so his his take wasn't the problem. It was just the way he did it, and that's that yeah. comes with age. I mean, I still put my foot in my mouth all the time. I have a problem not like I'll on Twitter or whatever. I'll just say you know call somebody out for being wrong, and I get I get in trouble for it still. And I'm 37, so it does happen, and I can kind of relate you know to that a little bit, being more focused on truth than uh, tact. But, no, yeah, completely. Like I wasn't like I just said. Like I'm not. It's not like oh, this is catastrophe, as in he shouldn't play ever again. It's just like as uh, like how we would be dealt with back home is different than probably would be dealt right. here. And I'm just saying as as you, know, you said we've talked because I mentioned health is like that was the for us like up till this point was that was the biggest question mark of if he's healthy. But we've seen him get fall on his back and stuff and get up spry and he's super quick and everything. So now for this, that's what you said. That's the next step of trying to develop. And it would be the you know best case scenario is he develops from jumping into the third best player on the team and going up all the way to being the alpha or at least the second best. And, you know, in this case, what you said with Jokic, it's like he can, he doesn't mind being the third best player. I mean, like the third alpha or whatever with MPJ and Murray being the leaders and he just does his thing. So that's the best case scenario for Denver. And then they win like three out of five, you know, three championships in five years. Because with those three guys, it's possible, especially just surrounding with good defenders and competent spot up shooters that are, you know, they can just can they can just make when they're open. It doesn't have to be like a tough shot. Just like when you're open in a corner, just make, you know, get a you know a PJ Tucker yeah. consistency. That's well, enough. Saw from Gary Harrison game two. I mean, look what that yeah, did for exactly. the offense in game two. Yeah, that was yeah. that. That was probably the single best performance I've seen this this team put together on offense and defense combined ever. Yeah, yeah. and it was I think large part because Gary Harris like was the old Gary Harris that we thought we had two years ago. Because um, when he's hitting, it opens up everything else, and then he's a, he's a scrappy, really hard nosed defender. So that's another guy. That's and Grant like Grant hasn't been hitting open shots. Like there, there's a lot of <laughs> sort of blame and just junk going on in this series that's frustrating yeah you know i i I, sorry sorry mr i i always say that uh, Jokic needs to be and he will be probably the best player in nuggets but um for me uh someone else has has to be the best scorer you know that's my that's my opinion all all this all this year um and if if uh, Jamal or MPJ or whoever take that take that spot. Nuggets Nuggets will have Nuggets will have the bright bright future about this for sure. You know. Yeah, um, I think like that. Uh, MPJ is very young, like 22, and he was as we all were frustrated after the game, and it was just the heat of the moment that the reporters asked him those questions, so he just let it out. Well, I think uh, it could be positive. Uh, it could be some positive from this because most of us agree with what he said, you know. And maybe he was trying to address that to Malone privately, but he ignored it. And he should not have done it. But since he did it already, let's hope for the best that uh, he will have a nice one-on-one talk with Malone. But uh, I, I think that uh, maybe Jay will get some words. Uh, that he's not ready for, you know, if uh, they want to speak like man to man, Malone will tell him all of his uh, faults in his game and uh, 
why exactly is he's not uh, getting the ball or the minutes, you know, maybe about his uh, lack of defensive effort or about uh, his uh, like team spirit, you know. So I hope uh, they will have a chat one on one. And uh, as you guys were saying, I would be the happiest if Jokic just passes every ball to MPJ out of spite, you know, because of Ina, <laughs> and that MPJ just starts to uh, shoot all of them straight to the basket. It would be a weird. And he, uh, and like, he puts up like fifty, and they win by yeah, 20. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and both of them are like fighting. Like you want the ball? Here's the ball, and okay, I'll get the ball, and then he scores. And I think that's the recipe for the victory tomorrow. Yeah, that, that was actually my my next question. So uh, we are all Nuggets Nuggets fans. So you know we are allowed to have our Nugget fans hats on our on our heads, and uh, uh, we 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 need to hope that there is some kind of uh, scenario where where Nuggets win next three games and just advanced. Uh, so we are now in the fantasy land. Tell me. <laughs> Mislav already said Michael Porter for 50 for the next three games, and that that sounds like a good good plan. Yeah. Nick, do you have something else to to offer us for this fantasy question? I mean, okay, so something that I think is actually reasonable that could happen is well, this is reasonable. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Uh, if Grant can find his shot. And be a consistent offensive contributor. And yeah, that's not reasonable. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, no, I mean, even if he just got back to, he's a forty percent three point shooter. You know, in the regular season, I mean, he had some some flashes against the Jazz too, where I thought his offense was pretty important. I, it's possible. I don't think he can do it for a whole series, but I do think if they can get one game, like this next game, if he got twenty, let's say, and shot like four out of five from three or something like that's not out of the realm of possibility. And if he could maybe get like an rebound, like occasionally would be helpful. <laughs> um, so if, if he could step it up a tad, uh, it'd be some kind of a contributor. If Malone stops putting Millsap and Tory. Oh my God. Together, don't, don't he's even gonna stop. Me. Yeah, he's going to give me a heart attack. <laughs> Best body. Um, and and if they get MPJ involved, if they make a concerted effort to get him involved and he gets off early and that, cl- that frees up Murray a little bit to start getting into some kind of rhythm, then I, could, I think we could see a repeat of game two for at least one or two games. And then you get, you know, if you can get to a game seven, anything can happen, basically. I mean, you know, anybody can get hot, anybody can get cold, anybody can get hurt. There's all kinds of myriad things that can happen in a, in a game seven. I think if we got to a game seven, we'd probably see something like we saw in game five. It would probably turn into this ugly just no offense, bunch of fouls, like gross basketball. Um, but I, I don't think it's impossible that they could, that they could battle back to a game seven. I don't know if you guys remember, uh, you might not, I don't know. Probably. Well, who's the oldest here? Mira, you're probably the oldest, right? Yep. Um, were, were you following the, uh, the Nuggets in the early nineties? Oh, not really. Not really. Okay. So I, the very first Nuggets game that I ever went to, uh, Sorry, I'm talking a lot. I just realized I didn't mean to take no. my show. <laughs> Please, um, just just keep while you're here. Nero got me all all going on our, on the last podcast we just did, so I'm all chatty. Um, early '90s, uh, the first very first Nuggets game I remember going to. I was like 10, nine, 10 years old. I was a big Bulls fan at the time, Michael Jordan and everything. But uh, they were getting um, 
they got sm- smoked in the beginning of a series. It was a five-game series then against the Sonics, who were the, like one of the favorites. They were the favorite to go to the, the finals from the West against the Bulls. It was oh. the Sean Kemp, um, uh, Gary Payton, Sonics with George Carl as the coach. I remember and, this Yeah, Nuggets got down 2-0, and they came back and won 3-2, uh, three games in a row. The next series, the Utah series, they got down 3-0, and they ended up coming back 3-3 three, three and taking that to a game seven. And I was at the, the, the game four where they were down 3-0. My dad got some cheap tickets. Like, it wasn't – you know, nobody thought they had a chance. <laughs> and they won the game. Like, I remember it being a real close game, and it was just super – I don't know, it was really intense, and I was, we were way up in the nosebleeds. But anyway, that's what turned me into a Nuggets fan. So, stuff happens in sports. Like, this is, the, this is a talented team, and the Clippers have a tendency to let up on uh, when they you know when they think they don't have to have to go full out because they the style of play that the Clippers play is is hard I mean it's it's the high energy you know grind it out on defense and offense sort of style that I think it's hard to keep that up for seven games and so they you know I think they could come out and just put their their foot on the Nuggets throat in the next game uh I I could also see a scenario where they sort of let off the gas just a little bit. The Nuggets are mad. A couple people get hot, and we find ourselves in a in a game seven. I I don't think I'd like the Nuggets' chances in a game seven, but um, if we even get there, it'd be so great. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm I'm really hoping for this series. I I just hope I just hope I will not see Tori Craig uh, and and Millsap minutes. No. I I I I hope to see PJ. PJ uh, Dozier, he, he is in, in every aspect of the basketball game better than Tony, Tony Craig, even at defense. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't understand why, why Malone play, play Tony. I, I, swear my, I swear you to God, my, my room is messed up every single night <laughs> when, when he is in, in, in the game. My wife will throw me out of flat, believe me. You have, yeah, you have to replace half your furniture at this point. Yeah, the, the game's played at 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm screaming in, in the house. And you, 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 you have no idea. No, no Tori Craig and Neil Sapminitz and I, I still believe Nuggets win this, this in seven. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was right. I was right. I was right in, in Utah series yeah. when, was, when the game was... Uh, when they were down three one, I said said it. The Nuggets win in seven, and that shit happened. So. Oh, oh yeah, actually, oh, Nick, man, and I yeah. have the tweet to prove it. That's right. Yeah, Nick, Nick did it, though. <laughs> yeah. I can confirm. Well, so, so for me, like the realistic, uh, as, as you guys said, like it's not this series it hasn't been, you know, like the Utah thing. You looked more hopeless than the than this series did with the three one because of just yeah. how the this. So this this is strange. Like for for realism, like we talk about the game too. How was that was the like the pinnacle of how it's done? Um, from that like difference, like what you said, like we have so Harris, Melsap, Grant, and then MPJ were like your four, you know, essentially X factors. So we need kind of like two of those to be like at fifth, you know, like the thirteen to seventeen points, and then the two of them to be like competent on defense, and then you have Murray. Then you you know, because Murray's the one that like has let down that third game was his. And so if he can get up to like 17 to 21 with Jokic scoring like 25 to 30, that's your, that could be, and then like not, and then not every game, just like you have those four guys and like just rotate them, you know, within three games. Cause you can have like, you know, Grant hits everything. The next game they adjust on him, Gary hits 
some threes, so they have to like readjust. And Millsap can get some threes, and obviously MPJ's if because he can get a hot three in a row. But if he gets hot, like you know, two out of the three next, you know, if they can get to it, but like two out of the three games, if he gets to like fifteen to twenty, that's like you're, you know, you're playing with house money if he goes off for twenty. Um, that's you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just the problem is how the rhythm is going. It doesn't seem likely, but it could happen if we're going out with our Nuggets hats on. The bubble has been weird too in terms of like like momentum, hasn't it? Like yeah. it, almost every game just kind of feels like it's you know in baseball there's this saying that uh, momentum only lasts till the next uh, starting pitcher. Because yeah. in baseball, it's all about pitching, right? So if, if you get a great performance from your starting pitcher, it doesn't matter how hot a team is on offense or whatever. The pitcher will always dominate if they're, if they're really locked in. Um, I think it's kind of similar here, like, it, in the bubble. For some reason, it seems like maybe it's just the lack of fans or I, maybe because, like, they're playing on the same courts and there's just no travel. There's, there's nothing to kind of um, – I don't know, throw sort of wrenches. It's easy to bounce back, I think. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like – right, yeah, it just seems like every game is just kind of like this clean slate. It's like playing like games of ping pong in your basement or something like that. It's just like, oh, we're just on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. The last game didn't matter. Um, And and if that's the case, you know, I do think – if the only way they're going to win, too, I think the series is – I do think Jokic is going to need one monster game. Maybe it's this next one. Maybe he has to just go, I'm going to score 40. Um with you know 20 boards or something like that and and just absolutely try to dominate in a way that's not really his style but if you know maybe there's one he can get where he just puts them on his back frees things up for murray a little bit maybe in the game after and and with a little bit more of incorporation of mpj yeah maybe it's a different series but yeah it's just malone's i malone's got some things he can do here it's just why are we in game five before he's doing them oh my god It's it's strange. Well, like the 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 bubble thing is crazy because like you see the the Celtics Raptors series, the 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 Rockets and and OKC, like one team just gets two in a row. Where like the you know the Celtics had two thirty point wins, almost like whatever twenty some point wins, and then they they get two three close ones. And now during Game Seven, you have no idea. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Celtics go up and win by twenty five. Or the or Raptors get you know squeak one squeak one out with like in the last seconds, like OKC almost beat Houston when they looked like they don't have a they shouldn't be in the series at all how it started. So that's what you said like just a weird bubble like you know that because of how it is with no fans and empty gyms and and you know walls are like really close so like the shooter perspective is different and you you know you just get up one day like hope you feel good because you didn't travel and didn't wallow and it's all also the games are really close together like there's no break because you know you think about you get two in a row and you know for example boston wins two in a row in toronto and then they go to go to boston to play after a couple of days like raptors have to sit with that you know home losses and then you go to boston it could have been a sweep like with with denver like you win one in, in la like the game two in la you go back to denver it's a whole different story you know that game three might be like a blowout again because of just how how it is with the fans and travel and you know you know you you hear for two days straight you know with you're not in the bubble of people around you they talk and so this way just get up from the hotel room you don't you don't have to watch anything no one's going to talk to you about what happened in the real world with the comments and you just keep going and playing yeah i mean imagine if they were playing this game in la game five that's probably should be in la game five over i mean it would be a blowout 
Like, yeah. But you, yeah. you eliminate all that noise, and it's just a game. It's just yeah. you know, a bunch of guys in a gym, and we're just starting over again. And that's, that know, makes it different. The worst, the worst part of, of it all is uh, Denver could lead 3-1 this series. Cool. And in the worst-case scenario, it could be 2-2. Two, two. That that game uh, game number three we we, we must we, we shouldn't won that game. Mm-hmm. We we slip it out and we we, we were clo- I was I was convinced last night that after we uh, after we came close and 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 uh, it was a 48-48. I think I I was I was sure that that them will win and it will be two two. But you know, I hope I hope we win the next one. Yeah, I, I have to agree with, with Nick about monster game from, from Jokic. I, I cannot guarantee three monster games from him to close out this series in, in Denver's favor. But why not uh, game five? I, I don't even think he needs to, to drop 40 on, on Clippers. He just needs to, to drop like 25 in the first half and, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. give Nuggets that cushion, you know, so everybody can start shooting more relaxed. Like like having a 15-point lead and then those shots just go in, just like with, with Utah in, in first four games of the series. Utah was just shooting the, the lights out because they had no pressure of the results whatsoever. They were just uh, completely relaxed and, and shooting. Okay, I, I promised Nick we will do a Star Wars segment on this <laughs> podcast because he's a huge fan, but I will have to, to call him. It wasn't to, in my to... contract or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it is in your contract. But, but I will have to take a rain check for that because yeah, we are already me. way way out of our, our uh, normal uh, hour of, of uh, recording. So, Nick, please join we us again. Join us uh, soon again, and we will discuss uh, Star Wars and Denver Nuggets and how they correlate uh, between each other. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably in the off season, it would be a perfect time to. No, man, some, I would love something. it. You guys, I, I would, I'd be happy to jump on anytime you want to have me. I really appreciate it. That's excellent, like, excellent. Expect our call. you guys on. Too, if uh, if Jeremy's work keeps being dumb, I might need a new co-host for the big. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I might uh, I might recruit one of you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, right, thank you, thank you very much for for joining us. Hvala vam što ste ostali sa nama do kraja ovoga podcasta. Samo najsnažniji među vama su su izdržali do kraja ove 75-minutne emisije. Samo da vas još jednom podsjetim, pratite nas na našoj YouTube stranici Colorado Europe, pratite nas na našoj Facebook stranici Colorado Europe, pratite naše emisije kada ih snijemo uživo i na Twitteru, pratite nas na Spotify-u, tamo također imate Colorado Europe kanal od skoro, imamo kanal i na Google podcastu gdje su epizode ažurene, tako da mnogo je načina da, da nas pratite, budite nam zdravi i veseli i nadam se da se vidimo ponovo za dva dana posle jedne pobjede Nuggetsa. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Bye. Ciao. 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 Ciao.